Well, as you can see, we're going to start a, a new series that we're going to call Prosperity Principles 2018. I have every intention, unless the Lord deals with me otherwise, to stay on this probably a good nine or ten weeks. And uh, the intention is that we uh, grow in our understanding of what the Word of God says. And we're going to approach things a little different than I have in the past. And what I mean is that we are going to approach it from a principle. Everybody say principle. Okay? A principle, meaning that there are godly principles, biblical principles in the Word of God, not formulas, okay, but principles that we see uh, that cover many different areas that incorporate prosperity in our life. It isn't any one thing that we do, okay? It's many things. We grow and develop and uh in this case, what I want to start out with uh, that I'm calling spiritual things first is to lay a foundation that's balanced. There are so much of the body of Christ when it comes to prosperity that get out of balance. They're very uh, money-focused in a lot of cases. And I'm all for money. Praise God for it. I'm glad to have some. How about you? I mean, I'd rather have uh, more money than less money, you know. That allows me to do more, and I can be a greater blessing. But money isn't everything. How many would agree? And the older you get, the more you find out. Money, money is wonderful. Money can be good. Money is a tool to be used, but it isn't the beginning and end all of life. It is just something that we use as a tool in life. And uh, we want every area of our life to be prosperous. We want our marriages to prosper. We want uh, our health to prosper. We want balance in our life. We want uh, prosperity in all of our relationships, even outside marriage, with our kids and so on and so forth, grandkids. You want uh, uh, prosperity when everything you set your hand to on your job. You want prosperity in your home. You want, you want it in every aspect. I want a prosperous relationship with the Lord. How about you? I want to grow in my relationship with the Lord. See, that's what we need to get a hold of is when we talk about prosperity, I want you to think more of flourishing or thriving in life. And so I want to start us out with 3 John verse 2. That'll be a kind of a catalyst scripture we'll use throughout this series. But 3 John verse 2, if you look in your notes, and again, I'm going to emphasize, and of course you have the screen behind me, that will emphasize um, the blank uh, word in your handout. And so, 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So it's very clear in this scripture that God desires us to prosper in all things. Notice, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things things, and then he clarifies, and be in health. But how many of you know all means all, right? Does God want us to prosper in every area of life, all areas of life? Our life is made up of so many different things, so many different areas, and God wants every bit of it to prosper. And really what would be best is that you prosper in life simultaneously in areas, not out of balance in one particular area. You know, a good example of the negative side of prospering, for example, financially, 
but everything else in life is out of balance, is, uh, we see this all the time. Somebody wins the lottery. And they come into millions, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars, and they were broke beforehand. And guess what? Now every problem in their life is what? Did it go away because of the hundreds of millions? No. Now every problem in their life is magnified by hundreds of millions of dollars. In other words, whatever issues in their life, now it's, it's multiplied. Because if they had a drug problem, guess what? Now they have endless money to spend on it. Now they're really in a problem. You know, If they couldn't handle and manage uh, the small amount of money that they had, they're really doomed when you give them 50 or $60 million. Think about it. And a lot of them you find, if their life was together financially beforehand, in other words, they already had a relatively balanced life, a lot of the times you find that it doesn't impact them that dramatically. Yeah, they have lots of money, but they handle it in similar fashion that they handled before, even when they didn't have hundreds of millions of dollars. But you see many of them, it destroys their lives. It destroys everything in their life. Uh, you'll see uh, great, guy, great uh, men and women in sports who were, you know, they went from nothing, abject poverty, to being given multi-million dollar contracts, and a lot of them, it ruins their life. And you'd say, man, how could that, you know? Some would say, well, I'll take the chance, Pastor. I'll, I'll risk it with the hundreds of millions. But you really may regret that, you know, afterwards. Um, I, people that are hungry for money or hungry for things, hungry for material things, later on in life will honestly most of the time tell you, I really regret my passions. I put, I put too much energy because they lost everything else in life. Many of you remember the story of... Uh, King Midas, remember? And King Midas was the one that, remember, he, he practically worshipped gold. He loved gold, and he counted all of his gold. And then uh, this being showed up to King Midas and offered to give him the ability that anything he would touch would turn to gold. Now, for somebody like that, who, who loves gold, how many know that's, that's even better? And so he's, sure, I'll take that. And he gets the golden touch and he just walks around the palace and everything he would touch would turn to gold. And then he went down to go eat and guess what? He grabbed his, his cup of tea, it turns to gold. He grabs his crust of bread, it turns to gold. Now he's realizing, this is not so fun anymore. In other words, how am I going to eat? And then he gets distracted and the one thing he loved a whole lot, just as much as the gold, was his daughter. And his daughter runs up to him and gives him a hug. And then all of a sudden he feels her begin to stiffen. She turned to gold. And so what did he lose? Everything. Even though he can touch anything, it would become gold. And most people would be envious over that. He realized real quickly the simple things of life, of family, of food, enjoying life, enjoying those simple things were far more valuable than that gold. And so, you know, the, 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 the moral of that story is <laughs> um, if you really get what you want in life, are you going to want it afterwards? Are you, in other words, is it really that important? And so what we want to do is we want to approach things from a very balanced approach. That's how God's Word works, a very balanced approach at prosperity. Does God want you wealthy? He wants as many of you wealthy as He can get. Why? Because we have a big job to do to support the gospel. And how many know you can't send missionaries all over the world 
with a penny. You can't support Christian television with nothing, right? It costs money to spread the gospel. So God wants us to be blessed and successful. He wants us prosperous, but He doesn't want it at the expense of your marriage. He doesn't want it at the expense of anything else in your life. He wants everything balanced. And so, as we look at these things, again, God's desire is that we uh, are balanced. That word prosper that we saw in 3 John verse 2 literally means flourish and thrive, if you want to write that down. So in other words, what God is saying, Beloved, I pray that you may flourish and thrive in all things. Grow, develop in all things. Now, what we have here is God's desire is that we flourish and thrive spiritually, mentally, physically, and materially. Every area of life. God, as I mentioned, is not against us being blessed and prosperous. He's not against you even being what you would call in world standards rich. Okay, There are many, many Bible uh, characters we can read about that God blessed immensely. Um, that other nations took notice of them. They were so wealthy. So God has no problem with that. What God has a problem with is covetousness. He has a problem when that money becomes your God. That's where we have a problem. What God wants for us is balance in our prosperity. He wants balance in our prosperity. And as I mentioned earlier, our lives are made up of many, many areas. What value, for example, is money if you have poor relationships? And how many know your life is built on relationships? Your life is built on the connections you have with other people, whether it be your spouse or your children or your friends or whatnot. The fact is, is that money can't buy friends. It kind of can, but they're not really friends, you know. You win the lottery, you'll find out a lot of people who come out of the woodwork to find you. I mean, and all of a sudden are your friend. But they're only your friend, you know, for we all know why. Just the money. Amen? I don't, I, I don't want a friend that's just there. I want a friend that's there for me. That they're there in the good times and the bad. It's kind of like marriage, you know. When you know, the, the old vow, we don't really hear as much in richer and in poorer. In other words, I'm here for the good times and I'm also here for the bad times. I'm not going to go anywhere. Amen? Thank God for God in our life. Amen? He never leaves us nor forsakes us, right? Amen? Praise God. All right. So let's look at the, the, the first principle, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, and let's read 25 through 33. You should have it in your notes, and you can look on the screen. Therefore, I say to you, who's talking to us, by the way? Jesus is talking to us, right? Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You ought to underline that. Is not life more than food and more, the body more than clothing? That's a question Jesus is trying to get us to think about, to ponder. Isn't life more than that? And he's, then he gives us an illustration. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not much more value than they? He's saying, you know, God takes care of them, but you're far more valuable to him than birds. 
And then verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to its stature? He's saying, if you're worrying, can you, can you grow your height by worrying? Can you change anything by worrying is what he's saying. Verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. In other words, they're not working for anything. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these flowers. So now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? What, when, he, when he says, O you of little faith, what is he saying? That if, if you're focused on just your needs, if you're just worried day to day about these things, you have what? Little faith. Little faith. But God wants us to have what? Big faith. He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to look to Him. And what He's saying is your life is more than just working to meet your needs. In fact, He didn't say anywhere in the Bible that you are to work for your needs. You are to trust Him and honor Him. You work the Bible, which we'll teach later in another principle. You work to earn money to be able to tithe and give. Now, God blesses you in that, adds to you in that. I'm not telling you that people need to quit their job because God will meet their needs. You know, Well, God also don't like lazy, does he? What he's saying, though, is don't put your trust in the job is what he's saying. But let's look, look a little closer. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. In other words, he's saying the world, all the world does is what? Work for a living. They get up and they go out and they figure out ways to earn a living and they go to bed and they get up and they get, that's their whole life is about that. Nothing else other than gaining material things. And he's saying, you're more than that. Your life is more than that. Now, look what he says here. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So he's saying, isn't life more than food, more than clothing? Isn't life more than material things? Life is far more than just material objects. And it was the Lord is telling us that most of the world just lives to simply meet their needs day to day. That's not living. In other words, that's all their life is about. Just seeking after opportunities to obtain what they need and possibly gain more material wealth. I've seen people in my life that literally is their life. It is simply to make it through life and then to possibly gain a few things on the way. And that's it. That's all their life was wrapped up. And some of them take it a step further. And what I mean is they really just pursue wealth. That's what they become consumed with in their life. And the fact is, you can add things and add things and add things in life, but how many know? They're just things. You know, I can... I remember how easily I would get caught up in certain things like really desire something. And most guys, when they get their, you know, uh, uh, hook in their jaw, so to speak, about something they want, they can't let it go. 
They just obsess about it. You know what I'm talking about, Philip? Maybe, you know, a little bit. You know, you guys, I mean, you, you just, you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, and you can't let it go, and i got to have that thing. And then once you have that thing, you find out what's next. It does, how many know things don't satisfy? You can go on the greatest vacation in the world. They can send you six months out, and you went all over the world. But when it was all said and done, <laughs> you can be right in the middle of it, guys, and be the loneliest person in the world. You can be around 10,000 people and be lonely. Life and things in life, just the things, the material things in life, how many would agree? They don't satisfy. They don't, they might temporarily make you happy. You know, most people love that new vehicle, at least for the few, first few months. Then those payments start kicking in one after the other, and, and my love for it wanes a little bit. You know, <laughs> I did, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I got to have it, but it wasn't like it was beforehand. It just doesn't stay there. Jesus is telling us that not. That this is not living is what I'm trying to say. It's simply surviving. It's getting by. That's not thriving in life. If our days are just spent on meeting our physical and material needs, then our life is empty. Our life is empty. Many of the body of Christ, and we know the world, that's all their pursuit is. It's just things. It's just things. And Jesus also told us in Matthew 6 that our Heavenly Father already knows what you and I need in life. He knows what bills we have to pay. He knows how much food you need in your home. How many of you know that? Sometimes you've got to remind yourself that, you know, the Lord knows where you live. He knows what you need in life. He even knows what you desire. He knows it better than you do. And sometimes we can forget, because we're busy in life, trying to do these things, and we forget that he is the source of our supply, that He sees everything. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and makes provision for us. He is seeing ahead in your life, making sure that your needs are met. And what we've got to do is just follow His Word, honor His Word as we're seeing tonight, and those things will be taken care of. Jesus is telling you and I how to truly live our life. Seek first the kingdom of God, and God's way of living, and all these things we need in life will be added to us. Seek first. And that's the first principle. Seek first the kingdom of God, and God's way of living. Listen carefully. We should not be living our life day to day to meet our needs, but rather we should be putting God first, and He will meet our material needs. Now, I want to look at Matthew 6.33 in the Amplified because it does just that. It amplifies it. But seek, aim at, and strive after. Notice that. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. In other words, the question is, how do we put God first in our lives? How do we do that? That's a question a lot of people have. They, they don't want to admit it because they you know, don't want anybody to think they don't know what they're doing. But the question would be, how do I put God first in our lives? Listen carefully. We seek Him and His will for our lives through His Word and prayer. In other words, we're asking Him, looking at His Word, seeking Him, and He leads us. We learn how God wants us to live our lives, and that's what we do. We live 
His way according to His Word. But there's only one way to do that. You have to learn what the Word of God says. You have to be desirous to find in the Word of God how God says you're to live and then live that way. As I mentioned, that's the first principle about prosperity we really need to get a hold of. In other words, spiritual things first. Let me say it this way, spiritual things first, then material things. It's okay to, you know, there, there are, are uh, Larry, for example, he, uh, he was telling me, he's told me several times, you know how he likes to hunt and every time he ministers he's got some sort of hunting story or at least a railroad story or something. But he loves to hunt, but he honestly doesn't have that many opportunities to hunt. Because why? Well, between, you know, uh, coming to church and all when he can and working and the things he has to do on his taking care of all of his, his cows and things like that, they just suck up a lot of the time. But he, all, he, he used to, at one time in his life, um, he would miss a Sunday just to go hunting. And he would do it pretty routinely. Because he loved to hunt and he wanted his time. But then he began to realize as he was hearing God's word that he really wasn't putting God first. And he noticed that when he would put God first and then he had the opportunity to go ahead and go hunting, he had greater success in it. In other words, he didn't waste eight or nine hours doing something. Sometimes God would lead him right to the right spot and just say, just stay right there, son. And that deer would just right across this path. And he'd take him out, and it took all of an hour and a half, you know. In other words, he was able to use his time wisely. Why? Because he was honoring God. That's the principle. The first principle to prosperity is, is put God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his word. Do what he said first. So one of the basic ways to do that is what? Come to church when the doors are open. That If you can't, listen, be people that tell me, don't tell me I don't put God first, and then they don't come to church, come on, if you ain't doing it here where it's easy, you ain't doing it at home where it's, it's, it's easy to hide from everybody. Don't tell me you're reading your Bible four hours a day if you can't come to church once or twice a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the fact is, is that this is an expressive way that, how many would agree, is re- reasonably easy once you get in the habit of it. It's not that hard. This is where it starts. This is where you show the Lord, I'm faithful. I'm honoring you. I'm serious about this. I, when it's cold, when you don't feel well, right? When you just want to roll over. Anybody been there? When you just want to do something else. When you just want to, you know, my wife and I strive the best we can. I love to spend time with her and, and, and take a vacation and such. But I do my best not to miss a Sunday. And like, for example, we're going to Hawaii in May. Yay us. And, and guess what? It's free. <laughs> you know, God bless us for putting him first. I'm telling you guys. I mean, uh, but in that, guess what? Uh, I told him I want to fly out on Monday and I want to come back on Saturday because I don't want to miss Sunday. Now, going to Hawaii, I can't help it Wednesday. It's not possible, okay? But my point is, I at least don't want to miss a weekend service. I don't want to. Why? Because I don't want you having all the fun without me. I don't want to, I don't want to miss. I really do not want to miss. My, we got in a conversation with my daughter, my uh, uh, middle one, and, and we were talking about Colorado Springs. We got to talking about it and ended up we're taking a trip to Colorado Springs. So I said, okay, but here's the deal. I'm, I'm not missing Sunday. 
you know. And so we're flying out Monday and coming back on Saturday. Why? I don't want to miss service. Now, again, I understand sometimes Wednesday night, if you're going to take a vacation for more than a few days, you know, it's going to happen. But even at that, many times my wife and I, we will go after Wednesday or before Wednesday. If we want to take a little day trip, I won't miss Wednesday. I will say, no, we'll go Friday and go Friday, Saturday or Thursday, Friday or, I'll, you know, Monday, Tuesday. But I don't want to miss Wednesday if I don't have to, you know. And so what is that? That is in your life and in your thinking, putting him first in your life. That's just one aspect. You know, there's many, many, many other areas, but that's one area that we need to be aware of. So say this with me, spiritual things first, then material things. Okay, that's keeping things in order in your life. That's putting things in the right priority. And uh, let me give you an example. First Timothy 4, 8. First Timothy 4, 8. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all. All things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. God, Say it with me. Godliness is profitable to everything in my life. <laughs> in other words, what is godliness? A godly lifestyle. The word lifestyle. Obeying the word. Listening to the Spirit of God. Doing what you're, you're taught in the Word of God. That is godliness. Living a godly lifestyle in your life. And the Bible says if you'll do that, you'll prosper in every area of your life. Again, that follows along with what we're talking about. In that scripture, it talks about bodily exercise. And, you know, prospering in your body, don't get me wrong, is a good thing. I think exercise is a good thing. And there's some that will spend immense amount of time every day doing exercise. And they may get real bulked up or be in super, super physical shape. But no matter how much effort or time they put in their physical body, eventually that body is going to deteriorate and die. Unless Jesus comes back to get us, you're eventually going to, your body, your tent you live in, is going to slowly fade away, so to speak. You can fight it all you want, but that's just the way it is. Well, the issue when it comes to godly things, they are eternal things. When you put time and energy into the Word of God, with God, putting Him first, living that godly lifestyle, you're not just impacting here and now, you're impacting the life to come. You're impacting eternal things. And that is, again, spiritual things. And if you'll put spiritual things first, then the material things, according to God's Word, they'll come find you. In other words, if you obey God and His Word, then all these blessings will overtake you. That's what Jesus was saying, that, that those things would be added to you. It's like you become a magnet for blessing in your life. And they just come. To, I've seen it in my life, guys. I've witnessed it time and time again that the more I press into the Lord and the less I press into satisfying myself with things, it's like the things just come to me. I'm not seeking after them. I'm not pursuing them. And the things I desire uh, to have or desire to do come to me instead of me chasing after them. We got it backwards if we're chasing things. And so again, principle is spiritual things first. Isaiah 119 says, If you are willing and obedient, 
you shall eat the good of the land. Well, if you are willing and obedient to God's Word and His Spirit within you, you will prosper in every area of life, including your body. It'll impact everything in your life. Your marriage, whatever relationship. I'm telling you, you can't go wrong honoring God first in your life. It will begin to impact other areas of your life. So let's look a little bit deeper real quickly. How can we do this? I want to look at how, how again, are we putting God first? Well, if you want to write this down, John 17, 17, Jesus said that God's word is truth. He said, your word is truth. All right? God's word is the truth, not just a truth. His word is absolute truth. Now, let me say it this way. And you've heard me say this before. God's word and truth are synonymous, meaning I could say God's word or truth or truth and God's word, and they mean the same thing because God's word is truth. So I want you to look with me at 3 John, and remember our our main text, and we're going to look at it that way. 3 John verses uh, 2 through 4. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the word that is in you, just as you walk in the word. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the word. In other words, what was the context of what he was talking about when he went back, when you go back to verse 2, and he talked about your soul prospering. Remember, he said, I want you to prosper in all things, and even in your body, as your soul prospers. Your soul prospering in what? The Word of God. Notice the blessing, the prospering, is attached or connected to the Word of God in your life. Let me put it this way. The more Word of God in your life that you are not only receiving, but acting upon in your life, the greater the blessing, the greater the prosperity in your life. You're going to see more of it manifested. Less Word is what? Just the opposite. Less of that flow, less of that prosperity. So all you have to do is what? Amp up the Word in your life. Now remember, when we say the word prosperity, what are we talking about? Are we talking about financial blessing? Part of it. But when we talk about biblical prosperity, what are we talking about? Every area of my life prospering. Everything getting better. How many of you would love for your friendships that you have to be better? Or your marriages to be better? Don't raise your hand. Some of you might not. No. Everybody smile. All right. The uh, uh, every area of your life. I want everything in my life. You know, my relationship with my children. Someday my grandchildren. Every area to prosper and flourish and thrive in life. I want to see God do great works in them. Well, I can have a great impact on that in my life if God's doing great works in me. You want to see your life change and those around you, then you begin to change. You begin to seek the Word. You begin to saturate your life with the Word of God and doing the Word, and you will see every area of your life impacted by it. And so, as we look at this, 
placing God's word first place leads us to a place of prosperity for all things in our life, not just money or physical wealth, every area. Psalm 1, 1 through 3, in the God's Word translation, I liked how this read, Blessed is the person who does not follow the advice of the wicked people. Take the path of sinners or join the company of mockers. Rather, he delights in the teachings of the Lord and reflects on his teachings day and night. He is like a tree planted beside streams, a tree that produces fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither, He succeeds in everything he does. Boy, I tell you, that's good. I want success in every area of my life. So you see the connection here. Put God's word first place in your life. Put first things first. That leads to prospering God's way. Which brings me to, as I'm wrapping this up, why is God so focused on his way of prosperity? Why is it so important that we do it a certain way? Well, Proverbs 10.22 gives us the answer. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Meaning that if you pursue money, if all you do is live your life to serve money, you are not serving him. In fact, if you read Matthew 6, before we get to that part we read Um, in about verse 25 or so, and you'll read a little bit prior to that. That's what he was talking about. You can't serve money and God. You can't do both. But if you'll serve God, money won't be so much of an issue. But if you serve money, you're on your own. (laughs) You're you're on your own. And I I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in this world without God. I've already been there. I've already lived part of my life that way. I don't want to live my life that way. And so I don't want to serve money or I don't want to serve things in life. I want to serve Him. If you live simply to make a buck and make ends meet, you are serving money. Is that clear? If you live and do that job and do those things just to make your ends meet, you are serving money. But if you will do what you to do and Uh, seek first the kingdom of God and you honor God in every area of your life. And when you're on that job, you're there to be a living testimony. You know, people say, Lord, uh, send me somewhere where I can be a blessing. And he's like, I did. I put you someplace. But they're all cold and hard here. That's why he put you there. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I I don't know. Many Christians, this is what they, they do. They'll pray, Lord, Put me in a place where there's a bunch of other Christians. What does he need you there for? There are already Christians. You understand what I'm saying? He put it, listen to me, he put us in, it's no mistake for many of you the place that you're at in life. The vocation or the thing that you're doing because God would use that for you to be able to reach others. And you might say, well, yeah, I try, but they don't listen. Well, first of all, quit saying that. Why don't you start saying, I, I, I am effective. I'm a blessing. I'm full of wisdom and understanding, and everybody listens to me. If you're talking God's word, that's not bragging, is it? In other words, don't down yourself. Say they always listen. I always have favor. They're always attentive. They're always getting changed around me. I'm a blessing going somewhere to explode on someone. Amen? Don't have that negative slant. But the fact is, listen to me, 
Some sow, some water, but God gives the increase. It is not your business to get concerned whether someone receives or not. Your business is to do what? Some sow and some water. Amen? God gets the glory and he gives the increase. Amen? We're just there to do what God called us to do and spread the word of God. So, serving money will leave you purposeless, empty, lonely, and lacking in this life. And there are many guys, many, 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 many people who have strayed from the Lord by serving money. I know many of them myself personally that they loved God, they were sincere, they, they, were, they really did love the Lord. They were involved in many things. And then they began to hear messages about prosperity. And they were so bad off that they just kept on seeking that prosperity, wanting that prosperity, until that became almost a God in their life. And they got off track. They got out of error. They, they, in other words, you know, you, you, many of these farm roads back here, when you get out in the middle of nowhere, you notice there's one big ditch on one side, one big ditch on the other. See, God wants you to drive down the middle of the road, not fall in a ditch somewhere. And falling in a ditch of selfishness on one side, or falling in a ditch of, oh, I'm just supposed to be poor and broke while I'm riding out this life on this side. Why don't we stay in the middle of the road? God wants us blessed. He wants us successful. But always, always, He's first. He's first. Amen? Say it with me. He's first. And so as we put Him first, we have things in our life in order. And that sets us up for blessing and prosperity in our life. That puts us in the right position. Now, I want to real quickly look at Deuteronomy 28, the Old Testament, and see how God offered to prosper the children of Israel, and I want you to see how we talk to them about first things first. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 3, and then verse 13. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, the Word of God, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Doesn't that sound like Jesus' promise in Matthew 6, 33? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Skip on down to verse 13. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So in other words, the blessing for obeying God's word goes way beyond just money. It affects every area of our life. Can you see this pattern throughout everything that we've looked at? It all comes down to what? Seeking God, His word, and being desirous to not only understand it and consume it, but be a doer of it. It's not enough to hear it, all right? You can hear a lot of things. But that just, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of massive educations. I'm talking eight years of school, 12 years of school that are do nothings, going nowhere to do nothing. Because why? They're not acting on anything they've learned. They haven't done anything with it. You're only going to get a benefit out of anything in life if you do something with you've learned. You know, knowledge is wonderful, okay? How many would agree knowledge is a good thing? Better than be stupid, right? 
Knowledge is a good thing, right? Knowledge is a good thing. But how many of you know knowledge without wisdom could kill you? See, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the understanding of the application of the knowledge that you learn. How many would agree that growing up you gained lots of knowledge? How many would agree? But how many would agree you didn't always have wisdom? Right? How many went through the school of hard knocks? Right? That taught you some wisdom. (laughs) You learned a few things in there. And then you look back when you want to help someone else younger, what do you want to give to them? Not just knowledge, but the wisdom to understand how to apply that knowledge. It's not enough just to know things. A lot of people come flying out of Bible school and just run out there and want to do something for God and fall flat in their face and are worse off than they began. Why? No wisdom. They didn't gain. Now, how do you gain wisdom? In here, you're gaining lots of knowledge, but there's another thing that you're learning too. You're learning wisdom and how to apply that knowledge. Many of you have read the Bible through, throughout your life many, many times, but yet it was only into the last few years that it really put it together and did something in your life. Why? Because you didn't have the wisdom to go with the knowledge. And that wisdom is what we should desire. Remember, what does the Bible say in Proverbs? Desire wisdom above everything. Desire wisdom more than gold, more than rubies. Why? Because you can be, a, you can be filled with knowledge and be a living idiot. I mean, lose everything in life because you don't have wisdom. Amen? And so, as we've seen these things, as we've learned tonight, God's desire is that we prosper, but He wants us to prosper in a balanced way. He wants us to be rich in everything, not just materially. Listen to this carefully. I want to give you a statement. I just want you to listen. When you're rich in God's Word, and you hear God for yourself and obey the Spirit of God... When the enemy comes in your life, you'll be ready for him. You'll know how to handle things in your life. That God can be blessing you on one side, and the devil will try to come on this side. And what's the devil trying to do in your life? Steal, kill, and destroy. Well, what you need to know is you're seeking God in his word and to understand and how to operate in his word. You can stop him. He can't steal from you. Amen? But if you just go about your life saying, I'm going to have one foot in and one foot out, well, you're also going to have a hole here and a hole here that he's stealing from, you know? And I don't know about you. I don't want the devil touching anything that I'm doing, and i got something to do with it. Amen? Amen? Listen, you'll prosper if you go God's way in your relationships, your marriage, financially, in your body, on the job, peace in your home. Everything you do will prosper. God wants you to flourish and thrive in every area of your life. But in order for this to work, we must put our priorities in order. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen.